Welcome to the Conscious Christian Conversations podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Kyleen. We are two spunky Christians with diverse backgrounds and life experiences who want to encourage each other and you listening to challenge your subconscious beliefs. Each episode, the two of us will be having a conversation around a specific topic that we may or may not have different perspectives on. If you haven't already, please listen to episode one to learn what we are all about. Without further ado, here is today's episode. Last week, we introduced our topic for this season, which is exploring the harmony of the Gospels, as well as a little background about each of the Gospels and and what they were written for, their purposes. This week, we're going to explore a little bit further the individual people who wrote the Gospels and get to understand who exactly Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John really were. So when we're talking about the order that it was written, so Mark, and tell me if you have different times, because I read especially for Mark. Mark, I read between 53 and 55 AD. And then I also read as late as 70 AD, but it seems like the majority of people agree it's in the early to mid fifties. So what I'll read a couple of the quotes that I I pulled for this because, um, for me to re-communicate it is not going to go well, but, (laughs) um, but it overall, in terms of the dating of the books, basically what they did was they were like, okay, the fire was huge and then the destruction of the temple was huge in terms of historical dating and so the fact that those were not referenced in the gospels they kind of feel like is a big deal Mm -hmm. and so they kind of and they also base some of their dates on acts which i guess has some um points within there that um they can kind of know the accurate line up a little bit better and so then these came before and so and then they also decide that mark is first and so when they line all of those up they kind of come up with the order and the date ranges so um so the one that i um this is from the blue letter bible one of the thing that i pulled for mark it says the majority of scholarship places mark's gospel as the first to be composed in order to properly date the gospel, it's important to consider the dating time frame of all the synoptics. So I didn't mention that, but the synoptics are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then John um, deviates a little bit in terms of Matthew, Mark, and Luke are so similar. They're called the synoptics and they overlap a lot. If Luke is considered to be the latest of the gospels, then it is important to date his gospel first. The dating of Luke first depends on the dating of Acts, which succeeds Luke. Because of the book of Acts has an abrupt ending with Paul waiting to go before Caesar, the best explanation is that Luke wrote it up to the events that had taken place. This would place the composition of Acts in the early 60s. With this in mind, Luke could be placed in the late 50s to early 60s, Matthew in the mid to late fifties and Mark in the early to mid fifties. And just think about that, how closely they're written. These dates are- And then it says these dates are debated and have a certain degree of elasticity to them, but for the stated reasons, they seem to be the most likely to be the present author. And And, and I got um, very similar. And then John is, it's kind of held almost as its own gospel, if you will. So it's separate. And that way he wrote it towards the end of his life, but before revelation. Um, So somewhere between 89 and 95 um, AD. But I got mine. So you got yours from Blue Letter Bible. I got mine from the archaeology book I mentioned earlier um, from my, uh, what Bible version do I have? From my ESV learning uh, Bible. And then also from um, Who's Who in the Bible. Those were my my resources. Who's Who? <laughs> who's Who? It's, the, it's my Who's Who book. Um, and they all agreed, but then they also shared that, you know, there is some confusion about whether or not jo- uh, Mark is maybe dated later 
and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I don't think it's yeah, important. There, there's some arguments either way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But generally I think these are pretty recognized dates. Um, and so to give a little background on each of the four people, we kind of touched a little bit on it, but Mark, he was not an eyewitness or a disciple. He was simply somebody who wrote down Peter's memory. So Mark and Peter were very close, uh, were very close. And so Mark, Peter didn't write a gospel, but obviously he was one of the the chosen, one of the 12 disciples. And he was also very close to Jesus. He was one of the three closest to Jesus. And so Mark wrote, um, followed Peter, wrote down Peter's memories, but not necessarily in order, just, you know, the collection of the memories that Peter had. Um, he recorded Peter's stories as they were adapted to the needs of the moment. We've kind of talked about that. Um, and then um, I found that Mark was asked by the Romans after Peter had preached to them to write down what he had said so that the Roman um, churches would have access to it. And so that's um, my understanding is uh, that he was, and that's where, you know, Mark was writing to the Romans because they're the ones specifically who asked for that, that document. So that's what I had about Mark. Anything yeah. you have to add? Yeah, just a couple little things. Um, it was the so we mentioned it was the first gospel written. Um, he was somebody that also accompanied Paul and Barnabas on their missionary journey. So he um oh, that's right. mm-hmm. was very close to when you're when you're so you're talking about like, okay, well, maybe he wasn't a direct disciple, but like he was like in the inner circle, right? In the mix of like the the builders of the church and right. um Peter and all this kind of that. And then um the this is where I had the note that Arrhenius, Tertullian, and Clement of Alexandria all gave Mark credit as the author of Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, it is actually the shortest gospel of the four. And has a sense of urgency. He uses the term immediately 27 times. Um, But you can think about, you know, when, if he's writing to Christians in the time of Roman persecution around Mm -hmm. the time of the emperor Nero, like, you know, if he's writing through the lens of like urgency and what's going on in the culture, then, you know, that could make sense. But that that's what I had on him. Okay. Um, All right. And so then Matthew is the second, um, the first gospel, but the second in order of being written. <laughs> Kylene loves this. So frustrating. <laughs> so Matthew was a disciple. He was a Jew. He was um, one of two disciples to write a gospel. But um, what I found interestingly was that uh, it is it is thought that Matthew, um, Matthew and Luke both used Mark in the writing of their gospels. So mm-hmm. um, one one thing that a uh, su- source that I read said that Mark, um, you no, sorry, Matthew used Mark and other sources to write his version of the gospels, possibly to correct his memory of the accounts um, or also maybe as a guide, but they were eyewitness accounts that backs up Peter's memory as apostle. So one of the reasons, and, and what I saw is Mark is seen in about 90% of Matthew. So we see, and then there's only, there's 10% original material in Matthew that is not found in Mark. So, you know, was this because he more copied the stories found in Mark or because Peter and Matthew's memories of the events coincided because they were both, um, they were both apostles and followed Jesus. So they had that shared experience with Jesus. Hmm. Um, so that was, that yeah. was just a question that I had. I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, I that's interesting. It. Yeah. You so, know, um, so, you know, there's only so much we can guess right no, but um yeah. uh you know so 
obviously the author of Matthew is assumed to be Matthew, the tax collector. And so he would be, um, have personally experienced, um, time with Jesus and seeing these things and everything. And, um, something that I think is interesting because we, we want to argue about, um, uh, like the timeline and like, well, how could it be so accurate? Well, first of all, we have four things that kind of, you know, line up with each other and back each other up significantly, like high, a high percentage of backing each other up in the accuracy yep. of it. Um, but then, uh, I just thinking about this from like a different perspective, because you'll never know if this is true or not, but when you're watching the chosen, I thought it was such an interesting choice that, Matthew is someone that writes a lot of things down as they happen. And so, yeah, the gospel itself may have been written later, but you don't know if they were, you know, keeping a journal, so to speak of, of their experiences. I mean, think about, um, you know, even just their lives as disciples and things like, um, and, and Matthew being a tax collector, having more wealth, maybe Mm -hmm. having literacy and having access to materials and stuff like that, that I think that's an interesting choice that the chosen made. And I think the reason they Mm -hmm. made it is because it probably makes a lot of sense that he could have been somebody that did that. Um, and so anyway, I just think that's really like an interesting thought, right? Like, yes, we can say it's pretty cool that these were written within the generation. Like before, you know, it's the same generation. That's pretty amazing as it is, but it may have even technically been, you know, quote unquote documented earlier and then just written down as the gospel a little bit later. This is the quote that I have for Matthew around the dating, um, again, from the blue letter Bible, just talking about how they do it. So, um, various estimates have placed the day of Matthew's composition anywhere from 80, 50 to 80, hundred, but before a date can be decided, it's relation to the gospel of Mark must first be addressed. If Mark was written first, then Matthew must have a later date and vice versa. The most widely accepted hypothesis is that both Matthew and Luke used Mark as a source for various reasons. Like you said, Matthew even produced about 90% of Mark while Luke produced about 60% without going into too much detail, the dating of Mark's gospel, it was probably written somewhere between 50 and 55. Consequently, Matthew's gospel could have reasonably, reasonably been written anywhere between 55 and 60. This date allows time for Matthew to have access to Mark's gospel and suggest that he completed the gospel before the destruction of the temple in AD 70, because it would seem strange for the author, not to mention this event in light of chapter 24, the stating also allows time for Luke to use Matthew's gospel in composing his own, as well as its sequel. So it's just like the idea that, you know, they're all in the general same area of the world. They're all generally aware that the other is writing these things and yep. they're coming upon them and they are, but all they still find within a decade of, of each other. Right. Too. And they yeah. still find it important to continue the duplication and the replication mm-hmm. of it in yep. their own way, their own mm-hmm. interpretation. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And so then Luke, I have, mm-hmm. um, they were actually very specific in Luke and said 62 AD. So I don't have a date range. I just have a year. I don't know what you found. <laughs> this is like the shortest amount of notes I have. Is on Luke. I just like, yeah. I don't have like a big thing. Um, I just have it. Okay. So we assume that he was a physician. So Luke, mm-hmm. when you're talking about the different people writing them from different, I think it's very interesting because Luke is not an apostle, but when you, right. there's so many reasons that it's important to have all four. Mm-hmm. And when you think about, all of the objections that humans might have to Jesus being God or the accuracy of the Bible, having them from different perspectives and yeah. different languages with different, different purposes. Backgrounds. Right. It's, and so Luke being a physician is so interesting because you come from this pers- 
perspective, this angle of science, this angle Mm -hmm. of research, this angle of like knowledge and truth. And I want to know the details and I want to make sure that this is accurate. And so the fact that it's not an eyewitness, but that he specifically goes around and interviews people to Mm -hmm. make sure he gets his story straight that were eyewitnesses to get his, his facts straight. And then that it lines up so clearly with Matthew and Mark. Mm-hmm. is so interesting to me because it's like he he basically decided I'm going to research if this is true. Yes. And and I'm going to get firsthand accounts and that's how I'm going to create this and then it lines up so well with Matthew and Mark it just basically adds validity to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's exactly what I have. He was a Greek, uh, a Gentile. Uh, he was not a disciple. He was a physician and record keeper. keeper so he was um, thought to be very methodical. And he wrote his gospel reflecting the personal accounts and memories of people associated directly with Jesus, even though he didn't follow Jesus directly himself, like you said. So, you know, as it, he widely traveled. So he was companions with Paul and went through a lot of, um, you know, adventures and such with Paul in Acts. But as such, like he would have access to, all of the really important people in the early Christian church that likely had, you know, Peter and, and um, a lot of the disciples and the family members, probably Lazarus, you know, all of the, the people that would have known Jesus intimately and knowing that he was, like you said, like this science guy um, is researching and then recording the interviews. So essentially I look at Luke's gospel as a documentary of everybody's experience who was around Jesus, Mm -hmm. which as you said, like totally backs up the other two or the other three. Um, And then the only other thing that I had additionally is that um, Luke does depend on Mark's gospel for a lot, as we've talked about, but um, we only see about 50% of Mark in Luke, as opposed to Matthew and Mark matching up about 90%. So um, there's definitely different perspectives because of his his um, proclivity to interviewing. People. Right. I was going to say, and that, and that makes sense if he's not going to copy something, if he's going out to research something, mm-hmm. right? And like the different people that he he talks to or where he gets his information. And and again, um, I wonder if they actually did use Mark's gospel, even though they're so close. And and again, maybe the language is so similar that they're that, you know, scholars would know, oh yeah, this was definitely copied, as opposed to, you know, just very similarly shared experiences that he heard that mm-hmm. also lined up with Mark's what Mark heard from Peter. So yeah, that's know, a good point. I, just, yeah. I just wonder. The, um, the other note I had is that this is the longest gospel. So, mm-hmm. um, let's see, Mark was the shortest, um, Luke is the longest. And I thought this was a really interesting note and nobody's ever going to know if this is true or not, but there's some speculation that the first two chapters, you know, the famous Luke chapter two, which is what we all quote in, uh, you know, Charlie Brown and at Christmas yep. time and everything. Yep, yep. Um, the first two chapters are unique and may have come from Mary. And so, um, talking about Jesus birth and everything. So when, if you're thinking this guy's going around and, you know, interviewing everybody, you know, it's, it's likely that he actually got this information directly from Mary. Yeah, um, I wondered and that, about that, that. that introduction is very different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the only one that we have, you know, that, that information about mm-hmm. that's fascinating. 
Yeah. 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 Super cool. And then this is the only gospel that actually has what the, you know, a sequel in acts too. So, yes. Uh-huh. So you don't have sequels for the other um, writers, but then you have Luke and then you have acts. Well, so. I mean, leave it to, you know, the, the science dude who wants to make sure that he has like all of the data that he can <laughs> from the start of it to the, the end of the beginning of the church, you know? Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, really you could argue that maybe they I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't be read separately per se. Maybe they should be read consecutively, but yeah. Well, I, f- I, I never, I didn't know that um, until just recently that Luke and Acts were basically part one and part two. Mm-hmm. So it's very, it was, it's <laughs> exactly. very, but they're not even next to each other in the Bible. Like the order I know. of the books, like why, <laughs> why did they do it this way? Yeah. So it's, it, that's pretty fascinating to me too. Mm-hmm. It's right, like and- if you watch the uh, the Marvel movies and then you go on um, Disney and now they have them in chronological order right. instead of the order that they were released. It's like, yep. and I think actually there is a chronological Bible out there somewhere, but anyway. Well, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of want to get that. I don't have enough Bibles. I've only got like seven of them. So <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. All right. And then last but not least, we have John who is kind of held apart on his own. John is not one of the synoptic gospels and he wrote it from a very different perspective. So he was an apostle. Um, He wrote it towards the end of his life, but before revelation, Uh, it was written to the, to the Greeks. So this is going to be like what, um, 70 ish years, give or take um, after the death of Jesus. So it was written to a, there were a lot of around 70 AD. So it'd be about 40 years after the death of Jesus. Mm, See, I have 90 AD. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So 40, yeah. So 40 to 70 years, I guess, depending on what we're looking at from a, from the dating perspective. But um, so these people had no longer had a direct knowledge of Jesus for the most part, right? They, at this point, all of the apostles were dead. They had been um, been martyred, uh, and so you had a lot of um, this was this was an eyewitness account, though. This was John writing, correct? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm just saying, like other people across the world would no longer mm-hmm. have access to the apostles for stories because they were all killed mm-hmm. off. Sure. And so, instead of recording the events of Jesus's life, John has a much different approach. So he was attempting to teach and clarify Jesus's message. So his aim was to interpret Jesus's life rather than to historically document what he did. And mm-hmm. during the time that John wrote the wrote his gospel, there was a, there were a lot of false teachers, a lot of misunderstanding and separation in the church, a lot of arguments happening. And so John was trying to bring, you know, bring them back together and unite the the kind of feuding factions of Christianity to, you know, directly under Jesus again, so that, that the, the church could be reunified. So he was reacting to that division and the Gentile attacks against the Christian church, um, you know, as they moved further away from Jesus's life. So, um, so I found that very interesting. And, and again, the, as you mentioned, like he really point blank, like nobody else said, he is divine. Like he is God that came down in human form. And so he's mm-hmm. always, he's always, he's been different in that perspective. And there even just the way he starts the gospel, right. In the beginning right. was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Yeah. Like he, mm-hmm. the way he writes is different. Um, and it's not really mentioned in the way we, um, the way, way we research it and everything, but I kind of 
think like John is sort of, you think about how he starts it and how he writes and stuff. It's sort of like John is a, sort of the gospel of love. Yes. Um, and so- that's what Jesus was about. Like he just wanted to portray Jesus was love. And essentially, if you learn, if you love Jesus, you'll love each other and stop fighting. Like you can hear that stop fighting message and just love each other and everything will be fine message in John, which now that I understand a little bit of the context of him writing this makes complete sense. Like why that was his main message, message of choice. And that, uh, that, uh, potency has never expired. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Like at all Mm -hmm. times we can use that message. I think. Absolutely. Re-reminding like that Mm -hmm. is the message for the ages, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it is interesting to know that like, okay, this is considered an eyewitness account. Um, what What's interesting is that, you know, they don't ascribe themselves the authorship, like, you know, right. like in Paul's writings, for example, like in, um, in, in, um, in Romans and, and things like that, he'll start like I, Paul, cause he's writing a letter to somebody right. like, Hey, this is from me to you. That doesn't happen in the gospels. It's more like I'm writing about the life of Jesus. And then I might happen to be in the story at some point right. and like that. And so, but you know, a lot of people have like, kind of like we talked about earlier, um, validated very early on who, who these were. And there's a lot of reasons that people believe the authorship is who it is. And for him, it was written as, um, the disciple who Jesus loved. And so they sort of make some, um, assessments here. He was one of the 12 because he was an eyewitness. He was one of the inner circle between James, John, and Peter, because he was one of the first that Mary told of the resurrection. And then in the book, he's clearly not James or Peter. So it's like, okay, it's left is John. Um, and then there's a unanimous testimony of early Christians among which was Arrhenius who declared that John was the disciple who laid his head on Jesus, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And so therefore the author of the gospel. And so there's some really early heavy leanings that mm-hmm. this is who that was. And it's make, it kind of makes sense in, in all yeah. of that. Um, and then John's gospel sort of like you were mentioning a little bit of the differences does not have the nativity story in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we both kind of said it has the, the theme is Jesus divinity. And yeah, instead he talks on. about Jesus existing before he existed on earth like before mm-hmm. his human form. So he wouldn't mm-hmm. want to bring focus in on the birth of Jesus because mm-hmm. he wants to focus in on his everlasting, like has always been kind of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, so interesting. This was fascinating to me to dive into kind of some of the history and, and yeah, I didn't know all I, this. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't either. So that was cool. So hopefully uh, everybody else found it interesting. Um, so now that we kind of have a a bit of an understanding of the Bible, um, kind of some of the archeology span and, and the historical, I shouldn't say the Bible of the gospels, um, and some of the archeology span and some of the understanding of the time of when they were all written. Now we're going to move into starting to kind of look at all of the different stories and what is included in which book. And just kind of break down it. So if you are interested in following along with the Harmony of Gospels that we'll be following, we're using um, the download from Blue Letter Bible. So we'll link it in the show notes for you if you want to um, take a look at what we're using. And um, and all of the verses are linked um, easy enough. So it's a really, if you guys don't know Blue Letter Bible, it's fantastic. It's one of um, the best there's so many resources. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't think it could get much more complete than, than that. So, um, but that's what we'll be using and we'll be going through all of the different, um, 
the different stories uh, found within each of the gospels and just kind of comparing and contrasting it uh, and um, doing a little deep dive into the the harmonies. Sounds good. I'm excited. Me too. It'll be great. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our mission on this podcast is to probe topics within the Christian faith to ensure that what we believe is in alignment with scripture and that we understand why we believe what we do. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to leave a five-star review and share it with a friend. Did this topic challenge your belief? Did we give you a new perspective? Or did it solidify what you already knew to be true? Leave us a comment and tell us your thoughts. We can't wait to hear from you. 